You're listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. Out Loud Bible Project is on a mission to read the entire Bible out loud in a conversational and approachable way so you can recognize your part in this conversation between you and God. Hey, welcome back to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast. If this is your first time, then just welcome. I'm glad you're here. Uh, we're going through the book of Genesis. We're reading it in just a, a conversational, storytelling way. Hopefully it's a refreshing new way to experience the Bible, and maybe you pick up something new here along the way. Uh, the point is just to recognize the Bible as a relationship, as a, as a conversation between us and God. So we're picking up where we left off here in Genesis chapter 36. Now, 36 is actually a, uh, a lengthy genealogy of Jacob's brother Esau. And uh, instead of doing the uh, out loud time warp through that, You've we're just going to summarize right now. Here's the important thing to remember about Esau's family. Okay? When you become a patron of Outlaw Bible come up Project, later in the, you in help the make the Bible accessible Esau to became the father of the nation have of a role Edom, in the Edomites. To learn and they're going to be around for a while. They're always around Israel. Thanks for listening. And they serve as a constant reminder of the consequences of the brothers' strained relationship. So, so that will come up as we go through the Old Testament. The Edomites, that's where they come from. They come from Esau. But uh, now our story shifts back to our main family line here of the patriarchs. We have Abraham, we had Isaac, we had Jacob, and now Joseph. Okay, and in that line, we've we've seen some good examples of faith. We've also seen some very bad examples like lying and poor parenting decisions and bad marriage relationships. Okay, so we, we saw how generational sin can derail a family line and create consequences in relationships with families and with neighbors. And Jacob's sons picked up on this knack for deception from their father, who got it from his father, who got it from his father, uh, like when they deceived Shechem and his entire city last time we read. And now they turn their deception to their own family. Uh, I'll also say here, chapter 38 breaks from the Joseph story to some pretty dark and disturbing relationships elsewhere in Jacob's family. Uh, so remember, Jacob could not escape the consequences of his poor choices, and now his family is living in that mess that sin creates. But, uh, you know, God is raising up a cycle breaker. And so let's check this out in Genesis chapters 37 through 40. Jacob lived in the land of his father's travels, in the land of Canaan. This is the history of the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flocks with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives. Joseph brought an evil report of them to their father. Now, Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a tunic of many colors. His brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, and they hated him and couldn't speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brothers, and they hated him all the more. He said to them, please hear this dream which I've dreamed. For we were binding sheaves in the field, and my sheaf arose 
and also stood upright, and your sheaves came around and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers asked him, Will you indeed reign over us? Will you have dominion over us? And they hated him all the more for his dreams and for his words. He dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brothers and said, I've dreamed yet another dream and and the sun and the moon and eleven stars bowed down to me. (laughs) He told it to his father and to his brothers. His father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream you've dreamed? Will I and your mother and your brothers come to bow ourselves down to the earth before you? His brothers envied him, but his father kept this saying in mind. His brothers went to feed their father's flock in Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, Aren't your brothers feeding the flock in Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He said to him, Here I am. He said to him, Go now, see whether it's well with your brothers and well with the flock, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the valley of Hebron and came to Shechem. A certain man found him, and he was wandering in the field. The man asked him, Oh, what are you looking for? He said, I'm looking for my brothers. Uh, Tell me, please, where are they feeding the flock? The man said, Ah, they've left here, for I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. They saw him afar off. And before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, "Eh, This dreamer comes. Come now, therefore, and let's kill him, cast him into one of the pits, and then we'll say uh, an evil animal has devoured him. We'll see what becomes of his dreams. (laughs) Reuben heard it and delivered him out of their hands and said, Let's not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, Uh, throw him into this pit that's in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him, that he might deliver him out of their hand to restore him to his father. When Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him, and they took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty, there was no water in it. They sat down to eat bread, and they lifted up their eyes and looked, and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices and balm and myrrh, going to carry it down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not let our hand be on him, for he's our brother, our flesh. His brothers listened to him. Midianites who were merchants passed by and They drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. The merchants brought Joseph into Egypt. Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph wasn't in the pit, and he tore his clothes. He returned to his brothers and said, The child's no more, and where, where will I go? They took Joseph's tunic and killed a male goat and dipped the tunic in the blood. They took the tunic of many colors and they brought it to their father and said, "Uh, We've found this. Uh, Examine it now and see if it's your son's tunic or not. He recognized it and said, It is my son's tunic. Uh, An evil animal has devoured him. Uh, Joseph is without doubt torn in pieces. Jacob tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his waist and mourned for his son many days. 
All his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. He said, I will go down to Sheol to my son, mourning. His father wept for him. The Midianites sold him into Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's, the captain of the guard. At that time, Judah went down from his brothers and visited a certain Adulamite, whose name was Hira. There, Judah saw the daughter of a certain Canaanite man named Shua. He took her and went into her. She conceived and bore a son, and he named him Ur. She conceived again and bore a son, and she named him Onan. She yet again bore a son and named him Shelah. He was at Chezeb when she bore him. Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in God's sight, so God killed him. Judah said to Onan, Go into your brother's wife and and perform the duty of a husband's brother to her, and raise up offspring for your brother. Onan knew that his offspring wouldn't be his, and when he went into his brother's wife, he spilled his semen on the ground, lest he should give up offspring to his brother. The thing which he did was evil in God's sight, and he killed him also. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow in your father's house until Shelah my son is grown up, for he said lest he also die like his brothers. Tamar went and lived in her father's house. After many days, Shua's daughter, the wife of Judah, died. Judah was comforted and went up to his sheep shearers in Timnah, he and his friend Hira, the Adulamite. Tamar was told, Behold, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. She took off the garments of her widowhood and covered herself with her veil and wrapped herself and sat in the gate of Enaim, which is on the way to Timnah, for she saw that Shelah was grown up and she wasn't given to him as a wife. When Judah saw her, he thought that she was a prostitute, for she covered her face. He turned to her by the way and said, Please come, let me come into you, for he didn't know that she was his daughter-in-law. She said, What will you give me that you may come into me? He said, I will send you a young goat from the flock. She said, will you give me a pledge until you send it? He said, what pledge will I give you? She said, your signet and your cord and your staff that's in your hand. She gave them to her and came into her and she conceived by him. She arose and went away, put off her veil from her and put on the garments of her widowhood. Judah sent the young goat by the hand of his friend, the Adulamite, to receive the pledge from the woman's hand, but he didn't find her. Then he asked the men of her place, saying, "Uh, where's the prostitute that was at Enaim by the road? They said, there's been no prostitute here. He returned to Judah and said, I haven't found her. And also the men of the place said, there's been no prostitute here. Judah said, let her keep it lest we be shamed. I sent this young goat and you haven't found her. About three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has played the prostitute. Moreover, she's with child by prostitution. Judah said, bring her out and let her be burned. When she was brought out, she sent to her father-in-law, saying, I'm with child by the man who owns these. She also said, please discern whose these are, the signet and the cords and the staff. Judah acknowledged them and said, She is more righteous than I, because I didn't give her to Shelah, my son. He knew her again no more. In the time of her labor, twins were in her womb. And when she labored, one put out a hand, and the midwife took and tied a scarlet thread on his hand, saying, This one came out first. As he drew 
back his hand, his brother came out, and she said, Why have you made a breach for yourself? Therefore, his name was called Perez. Afterward, his brother came out who had the scarlet thread on his hand, and his name was called Zera. Now, Joseph was brought down to Egypt. Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh's, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the hand of the Ishmaelites that had brought him down there. God was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. His master saw that God was with him and that God had made all that he did prosper in his hand. Joseph found favor in his sight. He ministered to him and Potiphar made him overseer of his house and all that he had he put into his hand. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, God blessed the Egyptian's household for Joseph's sake. God's blessing was on all that he had in the house and in the field. He left all that he had in Joseph's hand. He didn't concern himself with anything except for the food which he ate. Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome, and after these things, his master's wife set her eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, my master doesn't know what is with me in the house, and he's put all that he has into my hand. No one's greater in this house than I am, and he's not kept back anything from me but you, because you're his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph day by day, he didn't listen to her, to lie by her, or to be with her. About this time, he went into the house to do his work, and there were none of the other men of the house inside. She caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. He left his garment in her hand and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had run outside, she called to the men of the house and spoke to them, saying, He has brought a Hebrew in to us to mock us. He came in to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment by me and ran outside. She laid up his garment by her until his master came home. She spoke to him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant who you have brought in to us came in to me to mock me. And as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment by me and ran outside. When his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your servant did to me, his wrath was kindled. Joseph's master took him, put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in custody. But God was with Joseph and showed kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. The keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, he was responsible for it. The keeper of the prison didn't look after anything that was under his hand because God was with him. And that which he did, God made it prosper. Well, after these things, the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker offended their lord, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker. He put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. The captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph and he took care of them. They stayed in prison many days. They both dreamed a dream. Each man, his dream, in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were bound in the prison. Joseph came into them in the morning and saw them and saw that they were sad. He asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in the master's house, saying, why do you look so sad today? They said to him, 
we've dreamed a dream, and there's no one who can interpret it. Joseph said to them, Don't interpretations belong to God? Please, tell it to me. The chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, a vine was in front of me, and in the vine were three branches. It was though it budded, it blossomed, and its clusters produced ripe grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. Joseph said to him, well, this is its interpretation. The, the three branches are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office. And you'll give Pharaoh's cup into his hand the way you did when you were his cupbearer. But uh, remember me when it's well with you. Please show kindness to me and make mention of me to Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also, I've done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said to Joseph, uh, I also was in my dream, and, and three baskets of white bread were on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all kinds of baked food for Pharaoh, and the birds ate them out of the basket on my head. Joseph answered, uh, Well, this is its interpretation. Uh, the three baskets are three days. Within three more days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from off you and will hang you on a tree and the birds will eat your flesh from off of you. Well, on the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and he lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position again, and he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand, but he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief cupbearer didn't remember Joseph, but forgot him. Well, Joseph is a refreshing change of pace compared to his ancestors. So he went in a bind where his fathers and his grandfathers were likely to rely on lying to avoid consequences. Joseph has integrity in his interactions with everyone from his family to the king of Egypt. Now, that doesn't mean everything goes smoothly for him, obviously, but just as sin has eventual consequences, so does integrity. It's hard to do us right even when the results aren't immediate, but that's what it takes to be a cycle breaker. That's the Thinking Out Loud thought for today. You've been listening to the Out Loud Bible Project podcast with Mike Dominey. When you become a patron of Out Loud Bible Project, you help make the Bible accessible for people who desperately need to know they have a role in this conversation with God. To learn more, visit outloudbible.com and click support this project. Thanks for listening. 